You are now tuned in to the Decoding Success Podcast, where we reveal game-changing habits, formulas, and routines from the world's most successful individuals to help you think and live larger. What is going on? You are tuned into the Decoding Success Podcast, and you are rocking with your host, Matt Labrie. As we are still in this rather trying time, I just want to express again my deepest desire for you and your loved ones, the people around you to continuously remain healthy, happy, safe during these times and even beyond that, right? But I just had to use this platform to continuously share that desire with all of you because you are tuned into this podcast right now. You are doing what you have to do to continuously develop yourself. And I know I may sound like a parrot at this point if you're continuously tuning into these episodes, but if you're new here, this message needs to be said. So I am using these airwaves to make sure that I am conveying that message to all of you new and faithful members of our community here at Decoding Success. And I just want to express my gratitude on top of it all for you tuning into yet another episode here at the Decoding Success podcast. And you picked an amazing episode to tune into today as we are joined by my guy, Rory Vaden, New York Times bestselling author, Hall of Fame speaker on top of it all. Now, Rory's insights on helping people build their influence have been featured in the Wall Street Journal, Forbes, CNN, Entrepreneur, Inc., and many other major media outlets. As mentioned, he's a Hall of Fame speaker. His TED Talk on how to multiply time has been viewed over 3 million times at this point. His company, Brand Builders Group, helps people to build and monetize their personal brands, and we're diving into a whole ton of valuable information that you can apply today to your life, to your business, and beyond. We're talking about when you really start to feel fear in life, how to overcome it, what it really takes to actually feel fear, how to switch your mindset to not feel it, etc. We're diving into how to develop your personal brand, how to leverage your personal brand, how to go further, and we're diving into all of the key tactics and habits that Rory took in his life to become New York Times bestselling author, Hall of Fame speaker, and beyond. So with that said, I want to give a huge shout out to our partners over at Acadium that are helping make these podcast episodes happen, and you want to know what they're also adding adding a ton of value on top of everything that Rory and I are talking about today in this episode. Our partners at Acadium are helping everyone that's tuned into this right now dive into and maximize their efforts by adding a remote marketing intern to their team. Clearly, we're quarantined, right? Everyone is working from a remote standpoint, but that doesn't mean you can't expand your operation. That doesn't mean that you don't have the ability to add people to your team for your projects, for your endeavors, etc. And you don't have to be in business, right? If you're an author, if you're a speaker, if you're a podcast, Whatever the case is, this is an amazing opportunity for you to add someone to your team that works remotely and is able to give you the helping hand that you need. Anything you need in marketing, whether that's social media, your website, your Google ads, whatever the case is, they are there to help you and you have the ability to go through their platform, find the exact person you are looking for through an interview process and an amazing pool of interns. I wouldn't be sharing this with you if I haven't used it myself, if I haven't had amazing results with it myself, I should say an amazing help. So Acadium, shout out to you. You could check them out through the show notes of this episode where I have a link directing you. You can listen to the episode while checking them out nonetheless. And now without further ado, we bring to you my guy, Rory Vaden. Rory, first and foremost, man, I need to say thank you. Welcome to the show. I know we are in a global pandemic. You're still taking the time out of your day to impact here on Decoding <laughs> Success, man. So I appreciate you hopping on. Yeah, Matt, it's, it's nice to meet you. I, I admire what you're doing and um, 
man, you know, just you're doing the right things. 27, serving audiences, being around great people, like being consistent with just trying to help and, and love on people and, you know, what you're doing with feeding the front lines and all that right now is just, it's really great, man. So I'm, I'm excited to, to meet you. Likewise, likewise, man. So we kick this show off with the same question. I really feel like it sets the tone pretty well. So I'm curious, how does Rory define success? So I want to share with you the, a story uh, for this, okay? And the story is about John Maxwell, who I don't think you've had yet on the show, right? I have not. I have not. So I got a chance to share the stage with John Maxwell Mm, I don't know. This was a few, this was probably like five years ago. Um, so I was in my early thirties and, um, him and I are backstage and I actually asked him this question and I said, John, like guys, you've published 60 books, you know, millions of copies, you know, pr probably the, the world's most recognizable leadership speaker, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, like, you know, what are you, what are you pursuing for success? And here's what he said to me. He said, Rory, the older I've gotten, the more that I have realized that success is having the people that know you the best respect you the most. Mm. Having the people that know you the best respect you the most. And I'll tell you, this is an interesting struggle for me, Matt, because, you know, when you're in your 20s, uh, and even, you know, your thirties, I mean, depending on your life situation, but it's, it's like, it's all about the hustle, right? And it's all about the grind and it's just like hustle and grind and work. And that's really great advice. And that's what I did. I mean, I have been, you know, I worked 80 hours a week from the time I was 17, probably till the time I was, well, until the time I had my first child, um, which was like three years ago. And my wife and I, um, started our, our, our former business with a couple other people back in 2006 and we grew that to eight figures and then we exited that business 12 years later. So back in 2018, but I worked so hard for so long. Um, and part of the reason why was because I knew one day when I would you know, be a husband and be a dad, I wanted to be there. And so when we exited that business, I had to also you know, like we sold all of the, like all of the assets of the business were gone. So I had to start my podcast over. I start my social media over, start my email list over. And yet, you know, now I got uh, today, I've got a three-year-old and a 10 month old That's and amazing. life is different. And it's like, um, now we work, we work every day intense from nine to five thirty. but at five thirty, it's like five thirty on the dot work stops and we do not work on weekends anymore. And it's a real, it's been a real adjustment like the last couple of years because success used to be hustle and grind and, you know, like, and, and, and it still is, you know, it still is. I think, I think, you know, you invest time, investing time is like investing money and you get compounding interest and it grows. And so doing it when you're young is, is powerful. Um, but it's, it's hard. Here's the, here's my dilemma. There's things that I know I could be doing to accelerate my professional success faster from where I am because I've, because I've been there and building our new company um, that I have to intentionally decide not to do so that I can create space to be with my wife and my boys on the nights and the weekends. Right. And that's, that's a, that's a difficult decision when you have 
you know, grinded, so to speak, for so long. And so that's, yeah, I know that's a long answer, but that is to me, you know, success isn't about money anymore. Like money, money is no longer the primary pursuit. Credibility is no longer the primary pursuit. It, you know, it's like now we have a family. And so I love that, man. That's my thing. Yeah, the hustle's in your DNA, clearly. I'm just really curious, man. I know that you co-founded Brand Builders Group with your wife. You yeah. know, I, I openly joke about it with my girl all the time. Like, she says, oh, I'll be your assistant. And I jokingly say back, like, you'll be my assistant too. How do you make that work? Like, it is, it's one thing to work with family, but then working with a significant other, nonetheless, is probably equally challenging, you know? So, I'm curious, like, how does that work? Yeah. Well, so one thing that's really different. So my wife is, she's not my assistant. She's this, she's actually the CEO of of Brand Builders Group. So I'm, I play the role of CMO. Um, We're both co-founders, but even in our past business, we actually started, it's, it's a little bit different because we started as business partners. We had a mutual friend and we started our old company. We met through that. And so we started as business partners and we both had other, you know, significant others at the time. And then it wasn't until like a year into that other business that we actually started dating and then fell in love. So our relationship began as business partners and that was risky too, because particularly in a startup when, you know, there's whatever, 10 or 12 people, like it can be kind of risky to go to have spouses, but, um, you know, uh, it, it all depends on who your spouse is and what your relationship is for us. I love getting to see my wife perform professionally. I respect her. Our our marriage has always been a partnership. It has always been we're partners on life. It, it's it's not you take care of this and I do this and these are the things you do. It's like this is all the crap that has to get done and we do it together. And sometimes that means, you know, I'm changing diapers and sometimes she is and sometimes she's landing a seven figure deal. And sometimes I am, sometimes I'm on the stage. Um, my wife also speaks. And so, you know, it's, it's just our, our mentality is not one where we play certain roles. It is, we are in this together and we have to, you know, there's a term that we use around the house, which is like, we just got to be willing to dig ditches together. And whatever the ditches that needs to be dug, like we have to dig it together. We have to, if it's doing the dishes, it's doing the dishes. If it's picking weeds in the yard, it's picking weeds. Like, it, again, if it's changing diapers, if it's getting up in the middle of the night, like it, it, it's that we're digging ditches together all the time. And so, it's kind of like, you know, the military metaphor would be to be in the foxhole with someone, right? Or to be right. in battle. And it's like, that's the, that's the mindset is just, you know, she is my other part. She's an extension of me. I'm an extension of her. And it's, it's, I think if you don't have that, who's in charge, who's the boss, who makes the decisions, who's more important, even money is the same way, right? Like there's not my money and her money. It's like, um, there is our money. Although we do have, we do have, this is, this is an important thing for business partners. We have allowance accounts um, and there's a certain amount of money that comes in every month that goes directly into our individual allowance accounts and our allowance accounts is blow money. Like we can, uh, not, not buying blow. We don't do blow, but, <laughs> but um, um, like money that you can, you can spend on anything and you don't have to ask your spouse. Um, you know, now the number one thing we end up spending that money on is each other, but it's like, if I want, 
it, you know, I'm a, I'm a, per, I'm a self-help junkie. So the number one thing other than her, I spend money on just buying all these courses and like going to all these events, you know, and some of these events, you know, a course can be a couple, couple grand. Right. And you know, that can, that's a, you know, that's a real amount of money in most marriages. And so that, you know, to not have to ask and just like, Hey, I'm buying this, like, and not have to ask. That's how we do it though. Is like, as long as it comes out of our, our little allowance money, then, then we're cool. Right, man. I love that. And I appreciate you, you know, remaining transparent there. I think that's, um, you know, a key and I really respect that. But I want to try and connect the dots here. Like we know who Rory is with Brand Builders Group, what you've done, New York Times bestselling author. Who was Rory though in high school? Yeah, uh, <laughs> a nerd. Uh, okay. Which is the same, the same as Rory is now. Um, I, you know, I was, it's funny because one of the one of the courses that we teach at Brand Builders Group is called World Class Keynote Craft, and there's a whole section in there where I teach the psychology of being funny. Um, and people are shocked a lot of times when they meet me because I am I'm freaking hilarious on stage. Like I people that's one of the reasons I get paid so much to do speeches is it's like it's inspiring and it's thought provoking and people are laughing their butts off the entire time. But then they meet me and they're like dude, you're not funny at all. Like you're not even <laughs> a little bit funny. Like you're a total dweeb. And that's because I analyzed and deconstructed humor and I deconstructed the science of what causes the brain to laugh and how do you actually make people laugh. And, um, you know, that's a lot of what we do is just deconstruction. And that's why so many big personal brands like Lewis Howes or Kevin Harrington, right? People come to us because we constantly are deconstructing everything. And so in, in high school, I was, I was a nerd. I was, I was valedictorian. Um, I, I, I got a full academic scholarship. I was, my undergrad was accounting. Well, I'm really good at spreadsheets. I am an introvert. I, you know, people have FOMO. You've heard of FOMO. Of course. Right. A fear of missing out. I don't have FOMO. I have phobia. I have fear of being invited. Like, um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, uh, and, and, and even though I am on stage often in front of hundreds and thousands and even tens of thousands of people, I don't like, I mean, a total introvert. I recharge by being alone. And, um, but I've always been interested in, you know, personal development and personal growth and, and just understanding things. But I was, you know, I was raised by a single mom and, um, I was, I was literally born in a trailer park. I you know, grew up with not much money, got a full ride scholarship, went to, went to college, got involved in direct sales, um, went door to door for five years. That was how I made all my money. That's how we started our first company, started the first company, grew it to eight figures, released um, Take the Stairs, my first book when I was 29, did um, my TED talk on how to multiply time, I think when I was like 32. And and got inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame last summer. And it is just, you know, I, I, I think I'm, I'm constantly analyzing things and studying things. I love that, man. I, that's amazing. You know, so you're probably loving this whole quarantine thing that, you know, being that you, uh, you're an introvert. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, for, you know, obviously on a global scale, it's, it's been terrible for everybody. Correct. Um, but yeah, I mean, like socially, most of my interactions with people happen over podcasts or Zoom or webinar. You know, our business is virtual and our, 
our business is, is virtual. Like, so Brand Builders Group, we have like 20, maybe 25 people or something now on our team. Um, and they're all virtual. But then our clients, you know, we basically teach our clients to build virtual businesses and virtual personal brands. And so, most of them all have digital businesses. So, we've been lucky from a business standpoint, our business hasn't been super affected except my keynotes. My, my keynotes went completely to zero. Right. Um, you know, I had some huge event. I had some, you know, I had an event in front of 10,000 people that got canceled. I had an event in Singapore. All, I mean, all of our events got canceled. And so, my speaking income went straight to zero. It was a good thing that we, you know, do digital and online business and and you know, teach people to do it and do it ourselves because that was that would have been really bad. Um, you know, and, and most of my income for a lot of years came strictly from speaking. That was how I I started, and so that that I have a lot of friends who are classic speakers, and that's like their number one source of income. And it's it's a real dangerous situation. They're a tough tough spot. Right. It's hurting people. It's definitely hurting people. But I'm really curious, like, what was the dream back then in high school? You know, you mentioned that you got into direct sales, um, but you're not in direct sales now. Like, was the dream back then just to hustle to the point where you could open up your own business or? No, I didn't even know what an entrepreneur was. Um, I wanted to be a speaker. Um, I was in sixth grade, true story, Platt Middle School, PMS. And I went to PMS and I was in Platt Middle School and this speaker walked in and he told this horrible story about how he got involved in drugs and his brother died and he went to prison and he made all these bad choices, but he was funny and like entertaining. And I was like, gosh, that's, that's kind of cool. Like, I wonder how you get to do that. Right. And then in high school, I was in student council and um, we hired a speaker we had like a budget and we brought in a motivational speaker and he got paid a thousand dollars to come speak for an hour. And that, Matt, that blew my freaking mind. I was like, this dude gets paid a thousand dollars to come talk for an hour. And I pretty much decided right there, like I wanted to be a speaker. Um, now direct sales I did for the money because, you know, I was a freshman in college and they showed this book of this girl that made 30 grand in her summer. And I, and her, and I was like, if that girl can make 30 grand, like I can do this. And I made, I made 17 grand my first summer. I made over $50,000 each of my next four summers in college and grad school. But then I, you know, I really just wanted to speak on the stages. And that was one reason I wanted to be a top producer. And then I left and, um, I heard about a, I wanted to be, I was like, all right, I was 22 years old. I was like, all right, I just got my, just finished grad school. Um, and I was like, I'm going to be a speaker. And I heard about this contest called the world championship of public speaking for toast, but it was put on by Toastmasters. Toastmasters. And I was like, man, man, maybe if I won the world championship of public speaking, that would give me like the credibility. And so, um, I studied incredibly hard. I spoke 304 times for free. I spent thousands of dollars on courses and classes. Um, and in 2006, I made it to the top 10 in the world out of 25,000 speakers. I made it to the world championship of public speaking and I lost. And then the next year I went back, studied harder, watched more film. And in 2007, um, you know, out of you know tw- people from 90 countries, that was the year that I, well, I lost again, actually. I came in second. Um, <laughs> I, was the, I was the world, I lost higher though. I was the, the world champion of public speaking first runner up. And, you know, anyways, this is a, a long story, but that, 
shortly thereafter, a gentleman named Zig Ziglar, I met a guy named Zig Ziglar. He introduced himself to me at a speaker's conference. Zig Ziglar personally mentored me. That was when we were launching our first company. And then just, you know, it was kind of like the upward spiral of just consistency and work and, and just the upward spiral from there. And then, um, and then when we exited our last business, our last business was a sales consult, sales coaching company. So we taught salespeople how to sell. Right. Um, but when we exited that business, we wanted to do something different. And so we started Brand Builders Group because we realized we had never, we had always taught salespeople how to sell. We'd never taught individual entrepreneurs how to build a brand and how to get speaking engagements and how to get book deals and how to launch podcasts and how to do digital marketing and build their email list and, and, um, you know, all like, and so that's what all the stuff we do now is we help people build and monetize their personal brand, which is what I basically have spent my life doing. So our, our last business was just like a, a business that we knew how to do at the time was we knew something about selling because that was what our background was. Um, but this business, we, we just, we love and, and we work with a lot of high profile people. And then we work with a lot of people that are literally just, just beginning. They have no idea you know, they, like a lot of them are still even working at a job somewhere going, man, I, I want to start a side hustle. How, how do you do this? Like, what is a funnel? How do you, you know, how do you build a social media following all that right. stuff? Yeah. So was the influence that, you know, to start Brand Builders Group, was it that you didn't or that you haven't done something like this yet? Or was it that you've done it yourself and you wanted to help other people? I just want to clear that up. Well, no, we had done it. Our, we had spent our life doing it, but exactly. we had never made a business out of teaching people how to do it. The business that we w- had was teaching salespeople how to sell, not teaching individual people how to grow an online business and build a personal brand. So we were working with like companies training their salespeople. Now we work with entrepreneurs trying to build their own brand, launch their own podcast, build. So the, the truth of the story is, the, the, we exited our last business, Matt, and the same day, Lewis Howes, uh, do you know who Lewis Howes is? Of course, yeah. So, so I had known Lewis for a while because Lewis actually had me on his podcast, The School of Greatness. I've been on three times now, but the first time I was on was all the way back in like 2014 or 13. Like he was just getting started, but that was when my first book hit the New York Times and so he had me on his show and he was younger. He's younger than me a little bit. And, um, and so I was telling him, Hey man, like not on the air, but afterwards I was like, Hey, you know, are you going to ever write a book? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, I'll tell you, you know, I'll, I'll show you how to do it. Like I'll tell you everything I did. And we became friends because I was just kind of helping him with that, with the school of greatness, his first book, which also hit, ended up hitting the New York times. And then we hadn't talked in a few years and he randomly called me out of the blue right after we exited our company. And he was like, man, I know we haven't talked, but I'm really struggling with some stuff. Like we've grown a ton, but I don't know like what the next step is for me. And I need your you know, help. And I was like, we got time. And so he became the, the first, he, he came to our house in Nashville and we spent a couple of days with him. And then he was like, dude, this is your new business. Like, he's like, you need to teach people how to do all this stuff that you've been teaching me and you know how to do. And so that was boom, brand builders, brand builders was born because Lewis was our first client and he was so blown away. He was like, 
I know so many people who need this. This is it. And then, and then we actually went on his podcast a few weeks later and that was like a big part of how we launched the company. That's amazing, man. I love that. I love to hear stuff like this. So if you could like put it into maybe like three to five points and I don't want you to give every egg away, you know, I want you to keep eggs in the basket here. But, um, you know, if you could give advice for someone that is looking to build their brand, whether that's digitally or maybe they want to hop on stages, maybe they want to, you know, start a podcast, et cetera. Like, what do you feel like are the steps to doing so? Well, so let me first of all address your your prep your your preface there, your disclaimer about not giving it all away. Actually, we give it all away for free. Like I, love it. I teach I teach everything that I know for free. Like, you know, if you go to if you go to Rory.influentialpersonalbrandsummit.com, Rory.influentialpersonalbrandsummit.com, I actually did interviews with all of all of uh, you know, like some of my biggest friends and and some are clients but I interview Lewis Howe, Shalene Johnson, uh, Les Brown, um, Gretchen Rubin who wrote The Happiness Project, Jordan Harbinger, um, tons and tons, Donald Miller, like Michael Hyatt, like all these huge personal brands that are just friends of mine. It's completely free and just we like give it all away. Um, And then if you go to like my blog, RoryVadenBlog.com, we, we teach it for free. And this is the first, I guess this is probably like the first thing to know is one of the things that we teach personal brands is don't be afraid of giving everything away. People don't pay for information. What people pay for is organization and application. People don't pay for information. They pay for organization and application. So I can give away everything I know for free on social media in all, in, in small bite-sized chunks and all random order. And that's what, they, that's what makes them follow me and go, oh, man, he's got good stuff. But then the reason they buy the course is because it's organized. Like they come to our event because we teach just that content. Like, you know, we have an event coming up called Podcast Power that's just about podcasting. We have one that is called, um, you know, Creating Your Revenue Machine or Revenue Engine, which is all about funnels. And we just teach that one skill set, but we teach it all in order. And so people are paying for organization. And then even beyond that, they pay more for application, which is helping them get it done. And that's why, you know, so brand builders at our core, we are a one-on-one coaching company. We coach personal brands um, um, and we talk to them every month and we walk with them step-by-step through the whole thing. And, um, you know, so that's the first thing is, is like, give away everything that you know for free, just do it in all random order and in, in bite-sized chunks because, right. you know, information is not, it's not all that useful. It has to be organized and then it has to be applicable. And, um, you know, like it's, so, so that's what people pay you for is the service of helping get it, get it actually done. Um, the other thing I would say, so the, I guess the second thing on personal branding uh, is the, 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 the single greatest piece of advice I've ever received about personal branding. And this is not a Roryism. This is another thing I learned from somebody. So I, I can't even take credit for this, but a guy named Larry Wingett uh, once told me that the, the goal of personal branding is to find your uniqueness so that you can exploit it in the service of others. Find your uniqueness so that you can exploit it in the service of others. 
And as soon as I heard him say that, I was like, man, that's it. Like that's, that was how I built my speaking career starting at 17 years old. Um, you know, I was talking about self-discipline, which people thought was a weird topic and a stupid topic. And like, no one's going to buy that. But, but then when we came up with the title, take the stairs, you know, that book was a huge book because we, we made discipline cool. And like, it, it was, we, we made discipline easy. People understood that self-discipline isn't as hard as we think about it when we think about it the right way. So I was, but I was, I was, I was teaching out of my uniqueness. The challenge was that um, Larry, as brilliant as that was, he never taught you how to find your uniqueness. He was just a speaker. Like he was a motivational speaker himself. So his advice was awesome, but there wasn't a system for how to do that. So when we started Brand Builders Group, we created this process that we call the Brand DNA Helix. And it's six questions. And this is our phase one event. So we, we, have, nine, uh, we have nine different two-day experiences, which we teach at the events. And then we you know, do our one-on-one coaching and we help people apply it like in between the events. But our phase one event is called Finding Your Uniqueness. And it's these six questions that you ask yourself and at the intersection, so, so basically what you do is you ask yourself these six questions, you do a brain dump of, of all potential answers to the six questions, and then you look for overlap. What, uh, we teach our strategists to look for thematic overlap. The intersection of these six questions, that is where your uniqueness lives. Um, so for example, the first question is what problem do you solve? What problem do you solve? What problems could you solve? And, and that is the genesis of all great personal brands. And yet most personal brands cannot answer that question clearly. What problem do you solve? They, uh, it's, it's the truth about why most books aren't successful. It's the truth about why most speakers never break through the wall and, and, and you know, get into that 20,000 plus speaking fee range. Because they, they talk about too many things rather than be able to say, I solve this one problem. And if you can't answer that question, what problem do you solve in one word? And so this is what we push our clients to do is to be able to answer in one word, what problem do you solve for people? You're not going to be able to break through the wall because it's not, it won't be clear enough to other people what you can help them with. Right. right? So, um, you know, like at brand builders, basically obscurity is the problem we help people solve is, you know, not being, being unclear, untrusted or unknown. And we help people become known. We help them become more well-known. We call that a personal brand. Um, and so people who are looking to grow their reach and grow their influence, that's the singular problem that we solve. Um, but most people can't do that. And so, that is the, that's the, that's the first of the, there's, there's six questions. Um, the second question is what are you passionate about? And so you brainstorm, okay, these are all the problems I could help people solve, but then you reconcile that or corroborate that against what am I passionate about? And, um, that is like, you know, for example, I'm really good at spreadsheets, I told you, like I was, my undergrad was accounting and I'm, you know, like I build financial models and I, you know, I'm really good at spreadsheets. I'm just not super passionate about teaching it. So it, it, it passes the first checkpoint, but it doesn't pass the second. Um, and so we look at, we take an inventory of what are all the things that you're passionate about. 
And it's not just the things that you love, right? Part of passion is like, yeah, it's, it's the, it's the, you know, the fire and the rainbows and what gets you, like what you get you excited. But we also look at what pisses you off. What makes you angry? What makes you mad? Because that's going to give us clues into what you're passionate about. We also look at what breaks your heart. What Mm. makes you sad? Like what makes you cry? That gives us clues as to what you're passionate about. And so we take people on this process and this journey to help them uncover um, their uniqueness, to help them find their uniqueness. And so in that way, it's like we don't teach a formula so much as we take people through a process of discovery and we draw out of them what their uniqueness is, is, is made up and all about. Right. I love that. And I think Dr. Seuss says it pretty good. He's like, there's no one in the world you were than you, right? So uh, we are all unique. I love that. But what would be your advice to someone that is potentially scared or maybe shy of actually owning that? right? Like they understand what they're, they've discovered it, right? They went through your program. They understand they discovered that, but like now it's like, okay, now you need to own that. What's your advice there? Um, what are they scared of? Like, are it? So you're saying like, they're scared that they won't be good enough or they're scared they couldn't do it. Well, I mean, let's go back to the first question, right? Of this show. I asked you, how do you personally define success? Mainly because six, and I asked that because success is oftentimes dictated by society. You know, you have to be driving a Lamborghini. You have to have a penthouse in Miami. You have to be doing X, Y, and Z, right? So oftentimes I feel like a lot of individuals and Hey, I'm guilty of this too. Like this has happened to me. You know, we let society dictate who we are as opposed to owning who we truly are, you know? So I guess my question to you is like, how do you break down that barrier to unapologetically be yourself? Yeah. Well, uh, it's, it's, um, so first of all, when you, there's a difference between being who you are in real, just normal everyday life and being who you are as a personal brand. A personal brand is, it's an, it's like an, it's almost like an exaggerated or an amplified version of yourself because you're putting it out there constantly to the world. You're not just going through life passively. You're proactively telling people, this is who I am and this is what I believe. Mm-hmm. Well, a personal brand will fail, fail if it is not aligned with the authenticity of who the person is, either because it won't be good or because they will burn out. And they'll do all sorts of stupid stuff, right? And, and, you know, we have some clients that have done some stupid stuff in their personal life and the brand falls apart because they weren't being who they truly were. They were pretending to be somebody that they were not. So that's one thing is just to realize from a longevity strategy, you don't have a choice. But the other thing is, so this is another thing that we talk about is that the, the intersection of your uniqueness lives at the intersection of who you were designed to be, but also at the intersection of who the world needs you to be. And at the intersection of who the world needs you to be and who you were created to be, that's where your uniqueness lives. One of the things that, that you, 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 people need to understand, Matt, is that you only feel fear one time, right? You, you feel fear when you're thinking about yourself. Fear is a matter of self-preservation. But there is no fear when the desire to serve is clear. There is no fear when the mission to serve is clear. So when when you're focusing on other people, 
fear goes away. When you're focusing on how can I help? How can I be of value? How can I be useful? What, what can I add to someone else's life? Fear goes away, right? It's like if there was, if there was a, a fire and I said, hey, run into the fire and see how long you can stand in the fire. You'd be like, freaking no way. But if your family member was in there or someone that you cared about or there was another person in there that you were saved, it's like, okay, let's go. Because you're not thinking about your own self-preservation. You're thinking about helping someone else and saving somebody else. And that is what we believe is true about personal brands, right? Like if, if, if you feel called to share your message with the world, here's something that I believe. So first of all, I believe that calling is put on your heart by God, right? Like I'm a hardcore Bible thumping Jesus freak. That's just me. Okay. But separate of that, okay, regardless of what your faith is, and, 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 and if you are spiritual, I think this is in addition to your faith. I believe that the calling that you feel on your heart to go out and serve is the result of a signal that's being sent by somebody else who is out there, who, is, who needs you, right? Like there is somebody out there right now who is begging and pleading, and perhaps on their hands and knees right now, literally praying for answers to questions that you know like the back of your hand. They're going through, they're, they're dealing with problems that you know how to solve. They're going through the midst of a, of a hellacious life experience that you have already been through. And so you can guide them. That person is desperate for, for you. The only time you feel fear about your personal brand is like, am I going to be cool enough? Am I going to have enough followers? Like, is anybody going to care? Is anybody going to listen? That's all crap. Like, that's all self-indulgent. Uh, like, um, it, it's, it's just inconsiderate, self-indulgent, um, self-centered thinking. And, and, and look, we all do that. I'm not saying I don't do that. We all do that. But I'm just saying that's very low level of thinking, Right. Um, the, the highest level of thinking is to be others focused, is to be service minded and is to be thinking about not how you feel, but go, there's somebody out there waiting for you. There's somebody out there asking for you, needing you, desperate for you because you've been through something that they're going through or that they're going to go through. And when you think about that person, there is no fear. There is no fear when the mission to serve is clear. So if you're scared, I promise it's because you're thinking about yourself and you're worried about you know, are my videos cool enough? Like, is it, do I have enough likes? Do I have enough followers? Like you're totally self-consumed and you know, the, the way out of that is to stop thinking about yourself. Start thinking about the person you're trying to help. Start thinking about the person you're trying to serve. Start uh, like be focused on helping and that will change everything. Right. No, I appreciate that, man. That is very, very powerful the way you just broke that down. So I just want to say thank you for that. I'm grateful for everything you've dropped, but that right there, I think is what a lot of people need to hear. Um, So again, thank you for that. But I'm going to ask a selfish question here. Maybe all of these are selfish, but um, what is your opinion on being able to alter individuals' perception of you? Meaning, um, and I'm going to use my own examples here, 
I was previously in nightlife from 17 to 24. I was in nightlife. We've worked with the likes of 50 Cent, Fetty Wap, Jadakiss, The Real Housewives, etc. Amazing individuals. And we put on some pretty damn good fucking parties here in New York City. But <laughs> then it got to a point where after I graduated college, um, you know, like I said, I started working with Damon John, started doing some cool things, started speaking, etc. The people that knew me back then don't necessarily see me in the way that I want them to see me now, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So what's your, what's your opinion or what's your um, step-by-step guide to being able to alter their perception? Or maybe, hey, maybe you just might say, Matt, like they're not for you. They're not your followers anymore, et cetera. Well, it's not step-by-step. It's one step. Start being right now who you were meant to be. And either they'll come along for the ride or they won't. Right. Right. Like, like the, number one, don't try to change their perception. Like, I mean, you, you would change their perception by just being a different person. Like this is the thing that people don't understand about success in general. It doesn't like success doesn't give a crap about who you were yesterday. So this is something out of my first book, take the stairs. It's called the rent axiom. And it says this, that success is never owned. Success is only rented, rented and yep. the rent is due every day. Success is never owned. It's rented and the rent is due every day. Now, here's the, here's the good news. The good news about that is if you are a total loser and you've been a total loser your whole life, it doesn't matter because what you do today is all that matters. Like the results that show up for you tomorrow are all about what happens today. And so you can, you can have made bad choices your entire life, but you start making good choices in this second right now your life will begin an upward spir- will begin an upward spiral it will and people's perception of you will change because they will see you being a different person and here's the other thing it doesn't matter how good you were yesterday you start making bad choices today it doesn't matter like it, it'll fall apart it doesn't matter how successful you've been ask bill cosby ask tiger woods like ask any of these dudes that were caught up in the whole me too movement in hollywood like it doesn't matter how successful you were in one area or you've been your whole life. If you start making bad decisions, they're going to catch up with you. All that matters is the person you wake up and decide to be right here, right now. And the decisions that you're going to make today from this point going forward, that determines the trajectory of your life. And people will either come with you and get on board or they won't. If they come with you and get on board, great. We love them because they're a part of our past and they saw us when we were a mess and now they're still here. That's cool. That's like ride or die. Um, Or they won't and that doesn't mean they're bad. It just means they're on a different path than we are and that's fine and we don't, like who cares because that's not who you are anymore. So you don't care about what they, not like you don't care about them like F them. It's, It's like they literally their their opinion of you no longer matters because you're not on that path. You're on a different path. And so, you know, as friends, you know, if they're hopefully, you know, hopefully you can love them and they still love you, but they'll, they'll come along for the ride if they're meant to be in your life and you're really on the path of doing what you're meant to do. And um, so that's it. Just, just, just change immediately and flamboyantly. Just um, start being right now, who you want to be for the rest of your life and let the cards shake out as they, as they may. Right. 
Rory, I just got to say, I could talk to you for days, man. <laughs> like I, I could have this conversation for days, but I do want to respect your time. I'm going to throw a curveball at you here. I know you do a lot of podcasting. I know you've been on a lot of stages. I'm sure you've done a lot of Q&As, done a lot of press. What is a question you wish more people would ask you and how would you answer it? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a cool question. Um, well, let me say this. I think... Um, I mean, I honestly think that a question that people should be asking is where can I really learn from? Like okay. where, where, where can I, where can I really learn from? Because the, the more I interview successful people and I'm sure you've found this or, and you will continue to find this. It's like, I used to think it was all the self-help junkies who bought, or, or sorry, I used to think it was all the like, like the, the, like the people who sucked that bought all the personal development stuff. Like, you know, it was the needy people, the broken people. And I am shocked and amazed how it's the most successful people who go to all the events. It's the most successful people who read all the books. It's the most successful people who buy all the courses. Like, I'm shocked. The people who come to Brand Builders events, like our events – it's, we have, we have people literally that will sit in our events that do multi seven figure businesses. They have millions of social media followers. They have huge podcasts. They have monster best-selling books. And those are the people sitting in the front row. It's, it's like they're in the front, they're sitting right there in the front row. It's the people that are like, Oh, I don't know if this is cool or like the skeptical people are the ones that are in the back or they didn't even show up. And so to go all in on, on learning and education and growth, I think that's the thing that people don't realize. We write it off as like, well, if there was a secret, everybody would know it. Or, uh, and it's like, everybody could know it. It's available. Like people, like all these people are publishing books and, uh, you know, John Maxwell, the John Maxwell's of the world, right? And, and um, you know, these, these kind of people who are teaching this stuff and people just don't consume it because they're skeptical, which is insane. Um, um. It's insane. It's like the answers are are out there and they're easy to find and they often don't cost that much money. Like a lot of them you can get in a book, you know, or get or just fall on the podcast of the right person and and you can learn. But I I, I think, you know, where can I really learn from? That is that is a question that we should be asking and 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 who can I really learn from? And to me the answer to that is um you should be learning from someone who's done what you've actually like you should be learning from someone who's done what you're actually trying to do right like if you want to be a new york times best selling author you should learn from someone who's been a new york times best selling author if you want to you, you want to be a huge entrepreneur you should be learning from someone who's who's been a huge entrepreneur like um if you want to be crossfit champion of the world like you should be learning from the uh, you know somebody who knows something about that yeah. um and and this is another little personal branding secret that we share with people when you're trying to figure out your personal brand, you are always most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. Mm. You're always most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. So this is both a learning dynamic and a teaching dynamic. I'm going to learn from the person that I want to be and I'm going to teach the person who wants to be me. I'm going to learn from the person that I want to be and I'm going to teach the person who wants to be me. Um, and, and you go, well, if nobody wants to be you, that's because you haven't accomplished anything. 
So go accomplish something, which means you have to learn from the person you want to be. So that's how you know we're on the path, right? So I am, I am always learning and I am always teaching. Um, right. And, and that's, that's part of the question you should be asking. I love that, man. Now, on the way out of these interviews, again, I want to respect your time. On the way out of these interviews, we ask three questions, um, very much so along the lines of personal development and advice. You're a very well-experienced individual. You've been able to accomplish a ton, and I'm sure you have a lot more coming nonetheless. So, first question's a little cliche, but I need to know, what was the best piece of advice you've received along your journey? Uh, Well, I mean, I shared two really huge ones with you, like one from John Maxwell about um, the the people who know you the best, respect you the most, and then from Larry about find your uniqueness and exploit it in the service of others. Um, I think uh, those those were two huge pieces of advice. Um, Another piece of advice, um, and by the way, if, if you go to, if you go to freebrandcall.com slash, uh, we'll do uh, slash RV. You can either do that or you can go to freecall.roryvaden.com. That's probably easier. Go to freecall.roryvaden.com. Uh, if you're interested in the personal branding conversation specifically, we actually will do a free strategy call with you one-on-one. Like our strategists will do the first call to try to help you map out some of this. But, um, one of the, the the big pieces of advice that I got was from a, a friend named Dave Averin, who was a mentor. And he said, um, Rory, you have to ask yourself, what have I earned the right to talk about? Like, what have I earned the right to talk about? And I think that's specific to kind of that personal branding conversation and, and what I was saying about you're most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. And, and that's, by the way, that's one of our questions. I mentioned earlier, there's six questions in our DNA helix. One of the questions is what results do you have? And, and that is, you know, when we take you through, like if, if you do a free call with us, we'll, we'll walk you through some of those six questions and we'll be like, okay, what are the results you have? That points to what you should be teaching on. You've earned the right to help somebody else who's struggling with that problem because you've actually done it yourself. Right. That's huge. So the reason I asked that question is because I like to reverse engineer it. And I think this question that I'm about to ask is rather powerful. So what is a piece of advice that was given to you that you didn't want to hear at the time it was given to you, but ended up proving to be true? Mm. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you one. Um, here was something that was terrifying that I heard one time that I, I didn't believe and I don't fully believe, but I believe it a lot more than I used to. This is huge. I've never, ever shared this publicly. <laughs> I had a guy, I had, I, I listened to a guy, um, one time, uh, who said, lo- he was talking about running a business. Um, and he said, loyalty is just a paycheck away. Loyalty is just a paycheck away. Which basically he meant that even the people who are closest to you can be bought. Okay. And I resisted that. I thought that was so dumb and so like um, just heartless and cold. And I was like, man, how sad this guy's life must be that he's not surrounded by like true friends and true like you know, people who, who love him. And I would say that now I think he's right. Okay. That, 
it's amazing what people will sell out to for money. Not everybody. Yeah. It's not 100% true all the time, but it, in many cases, loyalty is just a paycheck away. It's, and that's, that's one of the more negative things that I've probably ever heard. And I'm just like, damn, that's actually true. That sucks. It's real. It's real. And I appreciate it. Again, I appreciate the transparency and I appreciate you opening up for the first time about that publicly. You know, that's, that's massive. So again, thank you. And last question for you, Rory, if, you know, you were hopping on stages, you know, if when all this stuff clears up, you're back on stages, you're back on more podcasts, press, et cetera. If you could only give one piece of advice for the rest of your life, what would you tell people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that, that's, an, that's an easy one. It's just be of service. Be of service. I mean, that's an easy one. It is Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Sure. Um, it's really, I mean, it's great. It's powerful. It's obviously been around a long time, but I think he missed it. Um, I think he fell short, you know, at the, at the high, at the top of Maslow's hierarchy of needs is something called self-actualization. Right. Um, and I think he, I think he missed it. I think there's one above that, which is others actualization. I, I think that the deepest satisfaction, the deepest joy, the most fulfilling money, the most meaningful impact, um, the, the longest lasting reputation goes to people who are others focused. It's others actualization. So be of service. I love that, man. I appreciate it. Rory, again, I just want to say thank you for hopping on here during this pandemic and adding a ton of value. I'm going to make sure that all of your social links, all of the links that you dropped in this episode, all that good stuff are in the show notes. Um, you have anything going on that we want to make people aware of while we're here? No, I appreciate that. Um, no, I mean, I, I shared a couple of places where people could catch up, but you know, if, if the personal branding thing is specific, like to your, you're listening and you're like, yeah, I, I'm interested in that. I would go to freecall.roryvaden.com and just, you know, hop on that and, and at least let us have a conversation because we're, we're really, really good at this. And you know, it's been our entire, spent my entire life <laughs> literally like studying it. And so we'd love to be of service that way. And if you don't, you know, like, a lot of stuff we do is free too. Like a, a right. bunch of, a bunch of it is, I mean, I give away everything I know for free. Um, I told you that like, we'll, we'll give it all away. So um, yeah, that's, that's, that's probably it. I love it, Rory, man. Thank you again. I really do appreciate it. You're welcome. So good to meet you, man. All the best brother. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, from my guy, Rory Vaden. Make sure you are connecting with Rory, all of his links to his socials and his websites and all of those amazing resources that he mentioned throughout this episode can easily and very simply be found in the show notes of this episode right here. He's an amazing dude. Clearly, very much so clearly, he dropped a whole ton of value during a quarantine. Nonetheless, during a global pandemic, to be able to amplify that to all of you is super, super, super amazing. And I just want to make sure that you're connecting with people like this because the more you connect with people like this, the more you get in proximity of people like this, the more that pulls you closer to where you want to be in life. Now, as always, I break down three points that stood out to me, which is always so difficult, but I want to start with number one, which hit me instantly when Rory said it, right? Success is never owned. It is rented and it is due daily. Rent is due daily. It's like if you want to get that six pack body, the big butt, whatever the case is, you need to be doing everything you can day in and day out in the kitchen, in the gym, mentally, physically, all that good stuff. Success is rented and the rent is due daily. Always remember that. Now, number two, you only feel fear when you think about yourself. Think about that. Every time I've ever stepped on a stage and I felt fear, it's because I was worried what the audience would think of my presentation. 
anytime I ever felt fear, even if that was going on a roller coaster, I was worried. Am I going to cry? Am I going to throw up? Right? And hey, maybe a little bit more with a roller coaster. I'm not too fond of those, but you get what I'm saying, right? Fear only comes about when you are solely thinking about yourself. And all you have to do is just reverse your thought pattern to focus on a bigger picture, right? It's not all about yourself. It's about the people you're impacting around you with whatever it is that you're doing. Now, number three, this one took me by surprise and maybe not by surprise. Maybe that's a bad way of putting it, but... I was just a little shocked, and I'm really grateful that Rory dropped this here. Now, Rory said that it is okay to give away all the eggs in the basket. It's okay to give away all the eggs because people aren't paying for all the eggs. They're paying for the system. They're paying for the know-how, right? They want to know-how. It's one thing to say, hey, man, this is what I did A through Z, but... If you give them A through Z all scrambled up, they're not going to know how to do it. And I don't want to sound super selfish when I talk like this, but it was just a point that I said to myself, wow, you know, like it's okay to talk about how you got a job with Damon John. It's okay to talk about how you launched a top ranked podcast. It's okay to talk about how you lend major clients with your branding agency, right? It's okay to give that stuff away. And it's a win-win world. I think that's what it ultimately comes down to it's a win-win world and that's the point that I'm really trying to convey here having the mindset that it's win-win there's an abundance of everything that we all want out there for us to attain and to achieve in our lives so again those three points success is never owned the rent is due daily number two you only feel fear when you think about yourself and number three it's okay to give all the eggs away in your basket because the world is win-win there's an abundance out there for all of us to achieve and attain now again I want to make sure that you're connecting with Rory all of his links are in the show notes of this episode. Shout out to our partners over at Acadium. If you're looking for a remote marketing intern during this time, this is an amazing time to take advantage of it. You can check them out through the show notes of this episode. Make sure you're leaving a rating and review if you haven't done so yet. Lastly, share this. If you felt this was impactful, make sure you are sharing. But until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.